Chapters 20 through 22 of Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book 2. Translated by Alexander Roberts and William H. Rombo. Chapter 20 futility of the arguments adduced to demonstrate the sufferings of the twelfth ion from the parables the treachery of judas and the passion of our saviour one that they improperly and illogically apply both the parables and the actions of the lord to their falsely devised system i prove as follows they endeavour for instance to demonstrate that passion which they say happened in the case of the twelfth ion from this fact that the passion of the saviour was brought about by the twelfth apostle and happened in the twelfth month for they hold that he preached only for one year after his baptism they maintain also that the same thing was clearly set forth in the case of her who suffered from the issue of blood for the woman suffered during twelve years and through touching the hem of the Saviour's garment, she was made whole by that power which went forth from the Saviour, and which, they affirm, had a previous existence. For that power who suffered was stretching herself outwards and flowing into immensity, so that she was in danger of being dissolved into the general substance of the ions. But then, touching the primary tetrad, which is typified by the hem of the garment, she was arrested and ceased from her passion. 2. Then, again as to their assertion that the passion of the twelfth ion was proved through the conduct of Judas, how is it possible that Judas can be compared with this ion as being an emblem of her, he who was expelled from the number of the twelve and never restored to his place? For that Ion, whose type they declare Judas to be, after being separated from her in Thymeses, was restored or recalled to her former position. But Judas was deprived of his office and cast out, while Matthias was ordained in his place, according to what is written, and his bishopric let another take. They ought, therefore, to maintain that the twelfth ion was cast out of the pleroma, and that another was produced, or sent forth to fill her place, if, that is to say, she is pointed at in Judas. Moreover, they tell us that it was the ion herself who suffered, but Judas was the betrayer and not the sufferer. Even they themselves acknowledge that it was the suffering Christ and not Judas who came to the endurance of passion. How, then, could Judas, the betrayer of him who had to suffer for our salvation, be the type and image of that Ion who suffered? 3. But in truth, the passion of Christ was neither similar to the passion of the Ion, nor did it take place in similar circumstances. For the Ion underwent a passion of dissolution and destruction, so that she who suffered was in danger also of being destroyed. For the Lord, our Christ, 
underwent a valid and not a merely accidental passion not only was he himself not in danger of being destroyed but he also established fallen man by his own strength and recalled him to incorruption the ion again underwent passion while she was seeking after the father and was not able to find him but the lord suffered that he might bring those who have wandered from the father back to knowledge and to his fellowship the search into the greatness of the father became to her a passion leading to destruction but the lord having suffered and bestowing the knowledge of the father conferred on us salvation her passion as they declare gave origin to a female offspring weak infirm unformed and ineffective but his passion gave rise to strength and power for the lord through means of suffering ascending into the lofty place led captivity captive gave gifts to men and conferred on those that believe in him the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and on all the power of the enemy that is of the leader of apostasy our lord also by his passion destroyed death and dispersed error and put an end to corruption and destroyed ignorance while he manifested life and revealed truth and bestowed the gift of incorruption but there i own when she had suffered established ignorance and brought forth a substance without shape out of which all material works have been produced death corruption error and such like four judas then the twelfth in order of the disciples was not a type of the suffering ion nor again was the passion of the lord for these two things have been shown to be in every respect mutually dissimilar and inharmonious this is the case not only as respects the points which i have already mentioned but with regard to the very number for that judas the traitor is the twelfth in order is agreed upon by all there being twelve apostles mentioned by name in the gospel but this ion is not the twelfth but the thirteenth for according to the views under consideration there were not twelve ions only produced by the will of the father nor was she sent forth the twelfth in order they reckon her on the contrary as having been produced in the thirteenth place how then can judas the twelfth in order be the type and image of that ion who occupies the thirteenth place five but if they say that judas in perishing was the image of her in thymesis neither in this way will the image bear any analogy to the truth which by hypothesis corresponds to it for the enthymesis having been separated from the ion and itself afterwards receiving a shape from christ then being made a partaker of intelligence by the saviour and having formed all things which are outside of the pleroma after the image of those which are within the pleroma is said at last to have been received by them into the pleroma and according to the principle of conjunction to have been united to that saviour who was formed out of all but judas 
having been once for all cast away, never returns into the number of the disciples. Otherwise, a different person would not have been chosen to fill his place. Besides, the Lord also declared, regarding him, Woe to any man by whom the Son of Man shall be betrayed! And, It were better for him if he had never been born! And, He was called the Son of Perdition by him. If, however, they say that Judas was a type of the Enthymesis, not as separated from the Ion, but of the passion entwined with her, neither in this way can the number twelve be regarded as a fitting type of the number three. For in the one case Judas was cast away, and Matthias was ordained instead of him, but in the other case the Ion is said to have been in danger of dissolution and destruction, and there are also her enthymesis and passion, for they markedly distinguish enthymesis from the passion, and they represent the Ion as being restored, and enthymesis as acquiring form, but the passion, when separated from these, as becoming matter. Since, therefore, there are thus these three, the Ion, her enthymesis, and her passion, Judas and Matthias, being only two, cannot be the types of them. Chapter 21 The Twelve Apostles Were Not a Type of the Ions 1. If, again, they maintain that the Twelve Apostles were a type only of that group of Twelve Ions, which Anthropos, in conjunction with Ecclesia, produced, then let them produce ten other apostles as a type of those ten remaining ions, who, as they declare, were produced by Logos and Zoe. For it is unreasonable to suppose that the junior, and for that reason inferior ions, were set forth by the Saviour through the election of the apostles, while their seniors, and on this account their superiors, were not thus foreshown since the Saviour, if, that is to say, he chose the apostles with the view that by means of them he might show forth the ions who are in the Pleroma, might have chosen other ten apostles also, and likewise other eight before these, that thus he might set forth the original and primary Ogdoad. He could not, in regard to the second Duodecad, show forth any emblem of it, through the number of the apostles being already constituted a type. For he made choice of no such other number of disciples, but after the twelve apostles, our Lord is found to have sent forth seventy others before him. Now seventy cannot possibly be the type either of an Ogdoad, a Decad, or a Triocontad. What is the reason, then, that the inferior Ions are, as I have said, represented by means of the apostles, but the superior, from whom too the former derived their being, are not prefigured at all. But if the twelve apostles were chosen with this object, that the number of the twelve ions might be indicated by means of them, then the seventy also ought to have been chosen to be the type of seventy ions, and in that case, they must affirm that the ions are no longer thirty, but eighty-two in number. 
for he who made the choice of the apostles that they might be a type of those ions existing in the pleroma would never have constituted them types of some and not of others but by means of the apostles he would have tried to preserve an image and to exhibit a type of those ions that existed in the pleroma two moreover we must not keep silence respecting paul but demand from them after the type of what ion that apostle has been handed down to us unless perchance they affirm that he is a representative of the saviour compounded of them all who derived his being from the collected gifts of the whole and whom they term all things as having been formed out of them all respecting this being the poet hesiod has strikingly expressed himself styling him pandora that is the gift of all for this reason that the best gift in the possession of all was centred in him in describing these gifts the following account is given hermes implanted words of fraud and deceit in their minds and thievish habits for the purpose of leading foolish men astray that such should believe their falsehoods for their mother that is leto secretly stirred them up whence also she is called leto according to the meaning of the greek word because she secretly stirred up men without the knowledge of the demiurge to give forth profound and unspeakable mysteries to itching ears and not only did their mother bring it about that this mystery should be declared by hesiod but very skilfully also by means of the lyric poet pindar when he describes to the demiurge the case of pelops whose flesh was cut in pieces by the father and then collected and brought together and compacted anew by all the gods did she in this way indicate pandora and these men having their consciences seared by her declaring as they maintain the very same things are proved of the same family and spirit as the others chapter twenty two the thirty ions are not typified by the fact that christ was baptized in his thirtieth year he did not suffer in the twelfth month after his baptism but was more than fifty years old when he died one i have shown that the number thirty fails them in every respect too few ions as they represent them being at one time found within the pleroma and then again too many to correspond with that number there are not therefore thirty ions nor did the saviour come to be baptized when he was thirty years old for this reason that he might show forth the thirty silent ions of their system otherwise they must first of all separate and eject the saviour himself from the pleroma of all moreover they affirm that he suffered in the twelfth month so that he continued to preach for one year after his baptism and they endeavoured to establish this point out of the prophet for it is written to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord and the day of retribution being totally blind inasmuch as they affirm they have found out the mysteries of bythus yet not understanding that which is called by isaiah the acceptable year of the lord 
nor the day of retribution. For the prophet neither speaks concerning a day which includes the space of twelve hours, nor of a year, the length of which is twelve months. For even they themselves acknowledge that the prophets have very often expressed themselves in parables and allegories, and are not to be understood according to the mere sound of the words. 2. That then was called the day of retribution, on which the Lord will render to every one according to his works, that is, the judgment. The acceptable year of the Lord, again, is this present time, in which those who believe him are called by him, and become acceptable to God, that is, the whole time from his advent onwards to the consummation of all things, during which he acquires to himself as fruits of the scheme of mercy those who are saved. For according to the phraseology of the prophet, the day of retribution follows the acceptable year, and the prophet will be proved guilty of falsehood if the Lord preached only for a year, and if he speaks of it. For where is the day of retribution? For the year has passed, and the day of retribution has not yet come. But he still makes his sun to rise upon the good and upon the evil, and sends rain upon the just and the unjust. And the righteous suffer persecution, are afflicted, and are slain, while sinners are possessed of abundance, and drink with the sound of the harp and psaltery, but do not regard the works of the Lord. But according to the language used by the prophet, they ought to be combined, and the day of retribution to follow the acceptable year. For the words are, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of retribution. This present time, therefore, in which men are called and saved by the Lord, is properly understood to be denoted by the acceptable year of the Lord, and there follows on this the day of retribution, that is, the judgment. And the time thus referred to is not called a year only, but is also named a day, both by the prophet and by Paul, of whom the apostle, calling to mind the scripture, says in the epistle addressed to the Romans, As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. But here the expression, all the day long, is put for all this time during which we suffer persecution, and are killed as sheep. As then, this day does not signify one which consists of twelve hours, but the whole time during which believers in Christ suffer and are put to death for his sake. So also the year there mentioned does not denote one which consists of twelve months, but the whole time of faith during which men hear and believe the preaching of the gospel, and those become acceptable to God who unite themselves to him. 3. But it is greatly to be wondered at, how it has come to pass that, while affirming that they have found out the mysteries of God, they have not examined the Gospels to ascertain how often after his baptism the Lord went up, at the time of the Passover, to Jerusalem, in accordance with what was the practice of the Jews from every land, and every year, 
that they should assemble at this period in Jerusalem, and there celebrate the feast of the Passover. First of all, after he had made the water wine at Cana of Galilee, he went up to the festival day of the Passover, on which occasion it is written, For many believed in him when they saw the signs which he did. As John, the disciple of the Lord, records, then, again, withdrawing himself from Judea, he is found in Samaria, on which occasion, too, he conversed with the Samaritan woman, and while at a distance, cured the son of the centurion by a word, saying, Go thy way, thy son liveth. Afterwards, he went up the second time, to observe the festival day of the Passover in Jerusalem, on which occasion he cured the paralytic man, who had lain beside the pool thirty-eight years, bidding him rise, take up his couch, and depart. Again, withdrawing from thence to the other side of the Sea of Tiberias, he there, seeing a great crowd had followed him, fed all that multitude with five loaves of bread, and twelve baskets of fragments remained over and above. Then, when he had raised Lazarus from the dead, and plots were formed against him by the Pharisees, he withdrew to a city called Ephraim, and from that place, as it is written, he came to Bethany six days before the Passover, and going up from Bethany to Jerusalem, he there ate the Passover, and suffered on the day following. Now that these three occasions of the Passover are not included within one year, every person whatever must acknowledge and that the special month in which the Passover was celebrated, and in which also the Lord suffered, was not the twelfth, but the first. Those men who boast that they know all things, if they know not this, may learn it from Moses. Their explanation, therefore, both of the year and of the twelfth month, have been proved false, and they ought to reject either their explanation or the gospel. Otherwise, this unanswerable question forces itself upon them. How is it possible that the Lord preached for only one year? 4. Being thirty years old when he came to be baptized, and then possessing the full age of a master, he came to Jerusalem, so that he might be properly acknowledged by all as a master. For he did not seem one thing while he was another, as those affirm who describe him as being man only in appearance. But what he was, that he also appeared to be. Being a master, therefore, he also possessed the age of a master, not despising or evading any condition of humanity, nor setting aside in himself that law which he had appointed for the human race, but sanctifying every age by that period corresponding to it which belonged to himself. For he came to save all through means of himself, all, I say, who through him are born again to God, infants and children, and boys and youths and old men. He therefore passed through every age, becoming an infant for infants, thus sanctifying infants, a child for children, thus sanctifying those who are of this age, being at the same time made to them an example of piety, righteousness, and submission. 
a youth for youths, becoming an example to youths, and thus sanctifying them for the Lord. So likewise he was an old man for old men, that he might be a perfect master for all, not merely as respects the setting forth of the truth, but also as regards age, sanctifying at the same time the aged also, and becoming an example to them likewise. Then, at last, he came on to death itself, that he might be the first-born from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, the prince of life, existing before all, and going before all. 5. They, however, that they may establish their false opinion regarding that which is written, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, maintain that he preached for one year only, and then suffered in the twelfth month. In speaking thus, they are forgetful to their own disadvantage, destroying his whole work, and robbing him of that age which is both necessary and more honorable than any other, that more advanced age, I mean, during which also as a teacher he excelled all others. For how could he have had disciples if he did not teach? And how could he have taught unless he had reached the age of a master? For when he came to be baptized, he had not yet completed his thirtieth year, but was beginning to be about thirty years of age. For thus Luke, who has mentioned his years, has expressed it, Now Jesus was, as it were, beginning to be thirty years old when he came to receive baptism. And, according to these men, he preached only one year, reckoning from his baptism. On completing his thirtieth year, he suffered, being in fact still a young man, and who had by no means attained to advanced age. Now that the first stage of early life embraces thirty years, and that this extends onwards to the fortieth year, every one will admit. But from the fortieth and fiftieth year, a man begins to decline towards old age, which our Lord possessed while he still fulfilled the office of a teacher, even as the gospel and all the elders testify. Those who were conversant in Asia with John, the disciple of the Lord, affirming that John conveyed to them that information. And he remained among them up to the times of Trajan. Some of them, moreover, saw not only John, but the other apostles also, and heard the very same account from them, and bear testimony as to the validity of the statement. Whom, then, should we rather believe? Whether men such as these, or Ptolemaeus, who never saw the apostles, and who never even in his dreams attained to the slightest trace of an apostle. 6. But besides this, those very Jews who then disputed with the Lord Jesus Christ have most clearly indicated the same thing. For when the Lord said to them, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad, they answered him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Now such language is fittingly applied to one who has already passed the age of forty, without having as yet reached his fiftieth year, yet 
is not far from this latter period. But to one who is only thirty years old, it would unquestionably be said, Thou art not yet forty years old. For those who wished to convict him of falsehood would certainly not extend the number of his years far beyond the age which they saw he had attained. But they mentioned a period near his real age. Whether they had truly ascertained this out of the entry in the public register, or simply made a conjecture from what they observed that he was above forty years old, and that he was certainly not one of only thirty years of age. For it is altogether unreasonable to suppose that they were mistaken by twenty years, when they wished to prove him younger than the times of Abraham. For what they saw, that they also expressed, and he whom they beheld was not a mere phantasm, but an actual being of flesh and blood. He did not then want much of being fifty years old, and in accordance with that fact they said to him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? He did not, therefore, preach only for one year, nor did he suffer in the twelfth month of the year, for the period included between the thirtieth and the fiftieth year can never be regarded as one year, unless indeed among their ions there be so long years assigned to those who sit in their ranks with Bithus in the Pleroma, of which beings Homer the poet too has spoken, doubtless being inspired by the mother of their system of error. The gods sat round, while Jove presided over, and converse held upon the golden floor. End of Book 2, Chapters 20-22